ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday. It is time to talk conference championship games for college football. Well, we already talked about them, but it's time to give out our official best bets. We got one of them tonight. Uh, actually, we got three games tonight. We got one coming up at 1 o'clock. It is 10.20 uh, a.m. Eastern time as I'm talking right now. At 1 o'clock, we got Akron versus Buffalo. It's just a makeup game. Love the under in that game, by the way. It's up to 55 and a half. Uh, North Texas UTSA, that number's rising. The total's actually at 70 now. Eight and a half is the spread. UTSA uh, getting the points. And then we got Utah and USC tonight, Pac-12 championship. Not only does it determine the Pac-12 uh, champion for the season, but USC can win, win themselves into a playoff spot today. Uh, their one loss on the season was to Utah, so they could have that revenge factor. But even that, even without the revenge factor, they could have been playing fucking Colorado for all it's worth. Um, USC's in a win-and-in situation. So we'll break down all these games uh, today. We'll give out our official picks for tomorrow. And then we'll end it, as always, with my full card. I think it's going to mostly be college football today. Um, to be honest, I'm not really paying attention to college basketball. Up until later into the night, I'll start looking at some stuff. But, uh, yeah, let's talk some college football now. Alright, USC-Utah. Now here's a game. Utah was my one of my teams I predicted to go to the playoffs at the beginning of the season. In my prediction, it was going to be Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, uh, Georgia-Utah. Uh, with Michigan in behind. I had Michigan at five. So that way, if they made it, which they're going to, I would have like, hey, I thought Michigan was going to be really good as well. Which they were. But this game, USC, USC didn't really come out of nowhere. I just think, when I looked at USC this season, what I was looking at was a team that was close, but you can't build a championship contender through the transfer portal, which is what Lincoln Riley needed to do to get USC to the level they're currently on. I mean, he just hit a home run. He brought a bunch of his Oklahoma guys with him, most notably Caleb Williams, who's going to win the Heisman, unless he just absolutely does doesn't show up to Las Vegas tonight, he's going to win. I mean, C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud, without looking right now, I'm assuming C.J. Stroud has the better stats. But he kind of, but the loss to Michigan, it was very meh performance. That's what cost him. And Caleb Williams has had these back-to-back really good games against uh, Notre Dame and UCLA. So he's kind of locked that up. But it's not just Caleb Williams. I mean, the rushing attack has been pretty great. Even without Travis Dye, they rank uh, third in rushing success rate, uh, 94th percentile in offensive success rate, uh, 92nd percentile in yards per play, 96th percentile in EPA per play, um, and which is going to be crucial tonight because they're going to they're going to be a Utah defense that is good against the run ish, but. Very suspect against the pass, in my opinion. So that's that's going to be the game plan. They're, they're going to air the ball out tonight, is what I think. Um, and Utah can do the same, although I don't think Camp Rising is the same player that he was last year. What we saw in down the stretch, the back-to-back games against Oregon to end the season, uh, and then the Pac-12 championship game last year, the Rose Bowl he was really good in against Ohio State before he got knocked out of that game. He's just not that guy anymore, and they don't really have all the offensive weapons. Um, Tavion Thomas is sitting out this game. Uh, I think he's sitting out this game and for both seasons. So he just he's already done, which is 
probably a smart idea, especially for running backs. Um, you only have so many carries. You only have your legs for so long. Might as well save them, get ready for the NFL draft, get your contract, and get out. But this this game, I, I have been going back and forth with this game on who's going to win. I think I am pretty comfortably set on the under because I think these defenses, I think defenses are going to get up in this Pac-12 championship game. And I think USC is going to be a little tight. I think USC is going to come out a little bit tight because um, they, they know what's at stake. They win, they're in, they lose. There's a conversation between them and Ohio State. That's that's what's at stake for USC. Um, Utah, Utah should be able to move the ball on the ground because USC's rush um, defense has not been very good. It's 126 in success rate allowed. Uh, it gives up a big yardage per play. Um, it's just, I don't know if Cam Rising's going to be enough at the end of the day in terms of who's going to win. Because I just, in a game where this is going to be a shootout, that wildly favors USC for obvious reasons. Just because USC has... Lincoln Riley, probably the best play caller in college football of probably the past decade as well. Um, Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner. Jordan Addison, the best receiver in college football. A whole bunch of other weapons. So my, my official pick is going to be under 67. What did I get it at this morning? Let me check. I got it at 67. I got it at under 67. That's going to be my official pick. The line is three points right now. Utah getting them. I will take, if I were to take the spread, I'm not going to. Unless I have a good day before then with Akron and Buffalo, North Texas, UTSA. Of which I'm on Akron, Buffalo, under. And just for fun, I have to take the over on 70 points in North Texas, UTSA. Although if I were, yeah, actually, 8.5 with North Texas looks pretty good. But I'm going to go under Akron, Buffalo, over North Texas, UTSA. And plus 8.5. Give me Texas Tech, North Texas and the points. Um... And yeah, and then we're going with the under here in Utah and USC. Just because, like I said, I think USC is going to be pressing to start the game. I think Utah will look to out-physical this team, which might be a an interesting strategy because USC has quietly been a very physical team, especially in the defensive front seven and the um, and their offensive line. So I'll go I'll go with USC to cover and to win. But the official play is under 67. All right, and then we head to the Big 12 championship game tomorrow with Kansas State and TCU. Uh, like USC, TCU is playing for a playoff spot, win and in, lose, and you're still probably in. But there is there's a conversation to be had just because college football, the college football playoff committee doesn't know what they're doing. Um, so this I mentioned this game, this regular season game, a lot. I mentioned this regular season game a lot between TCU and Kansas State this season because Kansas State was one of my favorite overs on the win total in which it hit over six and a half. I just I loved what Adrian Martinez brought to the table for this team. And I still love what he brings to the table for this team because he's a really good running quarterback. However, in that game, Adrian Martinez got hurt in the regular season <clears throat> matchup. Will Howard came in. Will Howard played a little bit last year, I believe, and he wasn't very good. He came in. I didn't really think of it. I bet on Kansas State. 
a little bit on spite, a little bit in spite too, because I had under six and a half wins for TCU on the season. That's my only win total that did not cash. So I kind of hate this team. But Will Howard comes in, and what do you know? Kansas State's just absolutely fucking torching TCU right now. They're up by 18 going into halftime, 28 to 10. And then Will Howard gets hurt. The third string quarterback for Kansas State comes in, and God bless his soul, I'm sure he's trying his best, but he wasn't very good. TCU scored 28 unanswered. They win 38-28. It looks like a good win on the resume now because Kansas State's a top 10 team. But Kansas State kind of outplayed them, like a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. It's just when the offense kind of completely went away, they just didn't have a chance. And it's not because of the passing game. They're not a passing team. They run the ball roughly 60% of the time, which is the eighth highest rate in the Power Five. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is he's one, of, he's one of the most elusive, shifty, and fun college football running backs of the past couple of years. He, um, I believe he leads college football since 2020 in rushes of 10-plus more yards. I believe he leads that. Uh, he's just so electric, and that's what I liked about Adrian Martinez in this offense. Is I, I love a good mobile quarterback, and that's exactly what Adrian Martinez is. The problem with Adrian Martinez is that he's always he's sometimes he's going to be the reason you win games, the sole reason you win games. Sometimes he's going to be the sole reason you lose games. That's just that's just the Adrian Martinez experience. So I think bringing him in sparingly. Would be good, kind of like how I wish Ohio State used Braxton Miller in 2015, which they did a little bit, and then they just kind of what for whatever reason stopped. And then they gave Ezekiel Elliott 15 carries in the biggest game of the year, and we lost. Anyway, Kansas State—they're only plus two and a half, and I feel like without looking at the percentage of money, um, the percentage of money and the percentage of the bets on this game, I would assume Kansas State's getting a lot. I'm assuming Kansas State's getting a lot of the bets. I don't know about the money. <laughs> I don't know where the sharp money is running to right now, but I would assume Kansas State is getting the majority of the bets because I feel like most people know that TCU is on borrowed time and Kansas State should have been the team that killed them. Should have been the team that just absolutely ended them. Because as unfortunate as it is, a one-loss regular season TCU would not have made the playoff. Ohio State would have been an over them for as much as that sucks for TCU. That's just the way it is. But if you look at TCU's schedule, they have been lucky so many times. It's almost sickening for somebody who had under 6.5. Happy for them personally, but under 6.5 wins, it was so bad. I mean, if you take a look at TCU's schedule, outside of the first couple games, they beat up Colorado, they beat up Tarleton State, uh, beat SMU by 7, or 8, excuse me, uh, smoked Oklahoma. That was the game where I kind of... That's the game where I'm like, that's where I realized I wasn't going to get the over in that win total. Uh, beat Kansas, but that's the start of their luck where uh, Jalen Daniels went down in that game when Kansas was really cooking at the beginning of the year. Uh, Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders got hurt, went into overtime. They needed a huge comeback, but wins a win. The Kansas State game we just mentioned. West Virginia game they messed around with. Um, I believe JT Daniels got hurt in that game. Texas Tech they messed around with only one by ten. Texas they beat by seven, but it was a lot worse than that. And then Baylor, you could have made the argument they should have lost. There were so many opportunities for Baylor to finish that game, and they didn't. Throwing the ball with a little bit of time left, giving TCU enough time to do that weird thing 
where they ran the ball with no timeouts left and 15 seconds left, and they had to sprint the field goal kicker and the, and the uh, field goal team onto the field. And it was just a Chinese fire drill. And somehow it just the cleanest kick I think I've ever seen. It was, it was incredible. They're starting to get Team of Destiny vibes, although I am very concerned if the standings stay as they are, where it's going to be Georgia versus USC and the Michigan versus TCU in the semifinal games, that TCU is going to get their fucking asses kicked. And it's going to be really bad. And it's going to be a real bad day for all the haters and losers who are against the 12-team playoff because there's going to be more blowouts when every game, every semifinal game, except for maybe two, have been blowouts. So, I mean... We can talk about that at a later date because I can go on about the college football playoff committee not being good at anything they do for hours, but we're here to talk football. Um, But going back to the game, Kansas State currently sitting plus two and a half um, on my book. I use Bovada personally. Shout out to January 1st, 2023 when sports betting becomes legal in Ohio and I can stop using this crappy book. Anyway. Kansas State plus two and a half, total sixty-two and a half, uh, total sixty-two. Excuse me. And then the money line, you can get Kansas State plus one fifteen. I don't think that's worth it. I'd rather take the plus two and a half um, if I were going to, which I'm going to. I'm going to bet on Kansas State. I think Kansas State wins this game. TCU does not need to win this game. I, I think that's been made pretty clear that they do not need to win this game. They should. They should want to. Going thirteen and zero would be sick. However, there's no what, what's the incentive of winning the Big 12? Who cares? Like I don't who cares about winning the Big 12? Yeah, it would be cool in the moment, you know. I think it would be, it would be cool for the players, I guess. It would be cool for the players if you're a fan if you're a fan crying if TCU let's say TCU goes out there and they just don't give a shit, which they should, but they just don't. I mean, who cares? It's, it's the Big 12 championship game. Who cares? But anyway, TCU, their luck has to end somewhere. I'm going to take Kansas State. It's my last my last opportunity to prove myself right about this Kansas State team. And my last opportunity to prove myself right about TCU. Although I'm very much incorrect about TCU. They're 12-0. They deserve their flowers. They are going to the college football playoff. And then we got the SEC championship game. And most years... This game would mean a lot. Probably the most of the weekend uh, in terms of playoff seating. This year it doesn't. It features number one Georgia, who is in, just even with, I don't know, a 90-point loss, uh, versus number 14 LSU, who just lost to Texas A&M, which is the most embarrassing thing uh, of the season. Now, LSU, they kind of benefited from... An extremely, extremely bad Alabama team. And I'm not calling Alabama bad, like in the grand scheme of college football. I'm calling them a bad Alabama team. Because Alabama is the premier college football program they have been for the past, I don't know, 15 years. And they probably will be for a lot longer, uh, even after Saban is gone. Which, I had that thought yesterday. It's coming. Like, Saban is old. He, it's coming. Saban's, we, we will be free, my brothers and sisters. We will be free soon enough. Uh, although, don't expect Alabama's reign of dominance to end anytime soon. Anyway, they're not in this game, so who gives a shit about them? Georgia, 
could be that new team. They are just so, Kirby Smart recruits so well. They play such an incredible style football, hard-nosed football. But if you watch the games, they got dudes running open all over the field. Go back and watch that Tennessee game. I know Tennessee's defense is not the proper indicator of how good Georgia's offense can be because Tennessee's defense sucks. I know that. They should still be ranked ahead of Alabama because they, you know, beat Alabama. But go back and watch that game. I mean, Georgia receivers in the first quarter and, honestly, the first half before Georgia kind of took their foot off the gas, they were like 15 yards wide open all the entire time. And all Stetson Bennett had to do was simply make the throw, and that's what he did. It was... And I'm not saying this LSU defense can't be bad because they they have they're a really good front seven. They have a really good pass rush. Um, that I wouldn't say their secondary is bad, but it's not it's not complete. Like this is Brian Kelly's first year. It's going to be addressed and it's going to be fixed. That's because Brian Kelly's an extremely good football coach. I feel like a lot of people are going to see that now that he's at LSU. One, probably one of the five best jobs in the country on any given year. Uh, just based on where it is in the country, you it's a recruiting hotbed, you know. And especially in the transfer portal era, you've got guys like Jaden Daniels coming in. You know, guys of that caliber, like really good players on like low-level Power 5 schools who need just need an opportunity at a big school. And that's what Jaden Daniels did. Uh, although, if you ask his teammates, they would beg to differ. His teammates back at Arizona State. Going back to – but speaking of this game, LSU plus 17.5. Total set at 52. Here's the thing. Jaden Daniels is banged up. Even if he were to play, I don't see how LSU moves the ball on this defense. The majority of their offense comes from Jaden Daniels. It comes from... And he's been fine. He's been actually a really good passer this year. I've been very, I've been genuinely surprised because I've been, I've been watching Jaden Daniels play football for a long time. I've been... I feel like I've been watching him. I watched him play at Arizona State like 30 years ago. Just Arizona State, 10:30 p.m. on ESPN two, just like every other weekend. That's what I felt like. But I, I, he has progressed as a passer, but his legs are what makes LSU's offense dangerous. And without it, or if it's being limited, I don't know how LSU's going to move the ball. And Georgia can just shrug their shoulders and just pound the rock down their throat. This game is screaming under to me. 52. It's not a lot of points. Every time I say this about a Georgia game, Georgia like goes off for like 28 points in the first quarter. But I am not backing down right now. This game screams under to me. LSU's not going to move the ball. I don't understand how LSU's going to move the ball. Um, and their defense couldn't get stops. The, Georgia's offense is certainly not the most explosive in the country, although it does have a little bit of explosiveness to it. I, I just don't see LSU scoring much. I don't see LSU getting many scoring opportunities. I don't see LSU crossing the 50-yard line most of that often, if we're being honest, if Jaden Daniels isn't really all that great. Their defense may show up, which it's very capable of doing because that pass rush is, like I just said, that pass rush for LSU is very, very, very good. It's not enough. George is going to win this game. 17.5 points is a ton of points for a conference championship game, for an SEC conference championship game. So I'm going to go with the under. Just, again, I don't know I don't know how LSU is going to move the ball on this defense, and Georgia is just going to pound the ball down this team's throat. 
And then we got the ACC Championship. We got Clemson, who didn't win the ACC Championship for the first time in seven years last year. And North Carolina, who hasn't won it in 42 years. Who has not won their the conference title in 42 years. I don't know if that'll change this I don't know if that'll change this year. I just North Carolina, I really like I really like Drake May, man. I really want him to just I really can't wait to see what his future looks like. He is an incredible talent. And I'll tell you what, if he decides to enter the transfer portal for whatever reason, my Ohio State Buckeyes will be more than willing. More than willing. Which by the way, he should just He should I don't know if you can like enter the transfer portal what that does for like your eligibility or whatever if you just simply enter it but never do anything just enter just for the sake of entering but if i was a player like drake may i would enter the portal every year every offseason okay you come recruit me you come tell me why i should play north carolina why should i continue playing for you if you're not going to put a defense on the field why should i continue playing for you and if they say some bullshit like well son you made a commitment you're a legacy here you know we don't we're an improving team and then Nick Saban called me up like, hey, you can come win a national championship over here and we'll pay you $10 million. Um, I won't pay you $10 million, but somebody will. Deal. I, simple as that. But anyway, this game. Drake May and this offense are one of the best and one of the most explosive in the country. The offensive line kind of sucks, which is going to be a big problem against against uh, um, Brian Breeze and Miles Murphy. Who are probably going to be first round draft picks. But this Clemson defense isn't as good as we all thought it was going to be. It's not very good in the secondary. It, it's it's not a bad front seven. Like I thought it was going to be all time. Like an all time unit. It's not that either. It's, it's, it's solid. It's very good. It's got two first round draft picks on it. Two first round grades. Uh, two first round prospects on that front seven on the defensive line. Which should cause some problems. I think that's going to be the key in this game. Uh, just because, again, North Carolina is going to have to score. Which is no dough. In which they can. But this defense is so bad. It almost makes Clemson's awful offensive offense look decent. However, North Carolina is getting 7.5 points. And as long as I had... I said this last time. As long as I had the hook on that common deficit of loss such as seven points three points whatever I will always take that I, in this situation which I love which is a toss-up for me on the spread just because I can see Clemson winning this game by seven the majority of it and then you know Drake May he just runs out of gas or this offense just runs out of luck they throw a boneheaded interception and you know it's cold on your ass time because who knows at this point, but I've had so many bad beats with Clemson, it's not even funny. But, North Carolina, if I'm getting 7.5 with this offense combined with Clemson's stagnant offense, I'm willing to take that risk. And then we head to the Big Ten Championship game. Another game with no playoff implications, although one of the playoff teams is in it. Michigan, who will be going to the playoff, number two team in the country, arguably, probably has a really good strong case for number one. Uh, going up against Purdue, their first time in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship game, so good for them. Unfortunately, they're probably going to get their ass kicked. I don't care how many times they have just come out of nowhere. I don't care that Jeff Brom is 3-0 and against teams ranked inside the top three. 
I don't care that people have been calling them spoil- spoiler makers on ESPN all week. Michigan's going to fucking kill this team. Michigan, Michigan might be better than they were last year, which is absolutely insanity when you think about what they lost. They lost to Son Haskins, who I thought was the better of the two between him and Blake Corum. But now Corum is out for the season, so it's not like that really matters. But they lost to Son Haskins. On defense, they lost Aiden Hutchinson. They lost David Ajabo. And they lost Dax Hill. Those are three. Two of them, all three of them should have been first-round picks. Aiden Hutchinson was was number two. Ajabo tore his Achilles at his pro day uh, at Michigan. And he fell to the second round, and Dax Hill was the second-round pick. Michigan's somehow better. I don't, I don't know how. Maybe it's because J.J. McCarthy can add a little bit of a little bit of dynamic ability with his legs to this offense. Not something that Cade McNamara really brought to the table last year. By the way, Cade McNamara, a very hot name in the portal. I would like to see him go to a school like Iowa or Wisconsin. Just somewhere where... Iowa, just because God helped them. Uh, and, then to, and then Wisconsin, because Luke... Fickle just needs some sort of stability at quarterback because Grant Mertz ain't it. But the problem with this Michigan team is how good can they actually be with Blake Corum? We just saw how good they were against Ohio State. That's a rivalry game. They kind of just whooped the shit out of them. That that happened. How good are they going to be down the stretch without Blake Corum? Because he's out for the year. He's already uh, undergone uh, season-ending knee surgery, which sucks. That sucks so bad. Because he had a really good chance to win the Heisman. So that stinks really bad for him. But I don't know if Michigan can just simply replicate what they just did. Donovan Edwards is still kind of banged up. I know what he did last week against Ohio State. He ran for like 300 yards on two carries, which is impossible. But somehow he did it. Um, and J.J. McCarthy... He looked good. Like, he did what he needed to do. The problem is he threw it to guys who were open by 50 yards. And if you can't do that, well, then you, they wouldn't. Jim Harbaugh wouldn't even know your name. No, None of these Power 5 schools would know who you are if you can't make that throw. So, Michigan is probably 20 points better than Purdue. But I don't know if I want to take them. Um, last, last year, I bet on Michigan a lot. This year, I bet on Michigan a lot. Going into the Big Ten Championship game, I took Michigan's alt line like minus 13 and a half. I always do that whenever I feel really confident. I always take a team's alt line like minus 13 and a half, like just so it's under two touchdowns. Or if it's a tight spread, I would take, just for example, I would take Michigan minus six and a half uh, alt spread just to get better odds. Just because if I think a team is that much better. I'm willing. I'm willing to take some of that juice just because. What was it? I got the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, whether they won Game Five or Six. I don't remember of the NBA Finals. They clinched it. Um, I am a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, so I've had many run-ins with those criminals and thieves. Um, I know when that team's about to just step on your throat and twist it. It's going, I know when it's going to happen, and I knew it. I saw it in their eyes. I saw it in the Celtics' eyes last year. The game, the clinching game, I took Golden State minus 10.5 or 9.5. I like plus 500 in that hit. It's just something when I see a team that I think is so much better, 
I'm going to outline them, which I think Michigan is so much better than Purdue. However, I think this is going to be a lot harder. I think Purdue's got a full week of tape without Blake Corum. They got they got Donovan Edwards banged up. Um, they got the motivation of the first time being in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship. They have the history of being the spoiler makers. I'm not going to pick them to win because they certainly will not win this football game. And I don't care if they do. Um, because not, it's not going to change anything other than Michigan seeding in the playoff, which they probably would go from like two to three or two to four. I don't know. I don't know if they would really want to make them play Georgia again. Anyway, I'll take Purdue. I'll take Purdue. It's plus 17 and a half. I already have. Um, it's down to plus 16 and a half. I got my plus 17 and a half yesterday. I would still take them at this number, probably by half a point, just so I can get that common score, common uh, margin of defeat. Um, we can go through the rest of the conference championship games. I just wanted to make sure I touched a little bit more on the Power 5 games, especially since they have so much more meaning. Toledo and Ohio. Now, here's the thing. Ohio's quarterback is out. Toledo's quarterback is not out. It's a Quan Finn. He's going to transfer somewhere next year, and he's going to play really good football for somebody. He's going to win somebody a lot of games, and I cannot wait to take those over on the win total of whichever team he transfers to. I got to Ohio's a wagon. Ohio is just an offensive wagon. I don't remember how to say this guy's last name. His first name is Sam. Um... He transferred from Ohio State. I can't remember if he was a grad transfer or if he just kind of realized, hey, I'm never going to play here ever. Um, he's a small little white slot receiver. He's probably the best in the country. I mean, he's so good. He's averaging like 17 yards a catch. Yeah, he's the number one target. He leads the Bobcats in like everything. He's been so good. I've been betting on Ohio so much this year that I have to take Ohio tomorrow. They play at noon tomorrow. I probably will have it up on my third screen. Of my three screens of which I watch football on any given Saturday. I'm taking Ohio. Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. They have been just light years better. They've just been light years better. Their quarterback's out, Curtis Rourke. I don't care. Give me Ohio. I'm riding with them to the wheels fall off. I'll take them plus 130 on the money line as well. The fun belt. Coastal Carolina plus 8.5 at Troy. Troy is a team I liked a lot this year. However, plus eight and a half when I think Grayson McCall is going to play, and that's what I've heard from random Twitter beat writers. Um, I think he's going to play. If he go- is going to play, that Coastal Carolina under Grayson McCall has been one of the more successful and efficient teams, offenses, units in the group. Or, Jesus Christ, units in the country. So I will take Coastal Carolina plus eight and a half. That's just way too many points. UCF and Tulane. Tulane's got a couple of very, very nice wins on their resume. If you look at it, they beat Kansas State. They beat Houston, uh, which isn't really that much for practice this year. They beat um, SMU. They throttled SMU. They beat up a really good Cincinnati team. However, they're playing UCF, one of the teams they lost to this year. Now... Tulane's defense is so much improved. They've improved so much over the course of the season. They are one of the top units in takeaways per game. And UCF, while their offense is certainly the better of the two in this game, 
they're prone to goofy ass plays. They're prone to be goof asses out there. Where they just kinda John Reese Plumley is a running back who can who would who was able to throw it farther than anybody on the team. That's what he is. Um which isn't a bad thing because he's actually I think he ran for over a thousand yards his first year at Auburn or uh, Ole Miss, excuse me. He's he's a very good athlete, but Tulane's defense is the better of the two. They have the we they have the game of tape. They have the motivation factor coming in, and I think they do win this game. I think they win this game. They're going to go to the Cotton Bowl if they do win this game as the highest rated group of five. Uh, they're minus four though. That's the problem. Minus four, that's so many points. I'm going to take the under of 56.5. I think the defense is the key here for Tulane. And if Tulane does control this game like I think they might, it's going to go their way. They're going to play it their style, and that's going to keep this game way under. And that should, I believe I got them all. I don't have a pick for Southern Jackson State, sorry. Um, Although Southern... I think Southern beat them last year, and they're plus 20 this year. I know Jackson State's really good. I don't have a pick. I'm not giving you a pick. Find your own pick for that game. I'm not going to watch it. Uh, But to recap for tonight, we got Akron Buffalo under 55.5, North Texas UTSA over 70, and then the under in Utah USC. Uh, But I do think USC wins that game. Um... Yeah, that should just about do it. Um, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking about what happened. <laughs> Excuse me. Over conference championship weekend, we will break down. We'll know the playoff by then. Next time I speak with you, we'll break that down. We'll talk about the opening lines for those games, and then we'll talk. And obviously, we'll just probably Monday will probably just be a big bull mini pre- or not mini preview, big bull preview. Or reaction to the opening lines. That's what Monday's going to be. And then we'll talk more about college basketball. Um, But exciting weekend. I hope everyone wins their bets today. I hope everyone wins their bets tomorrow. And I hope everyone wins their bets for the rest of the time. Um, I will catch you guys next week. Where again, we will be uh, previewing all the bowl games. We'll know them all. And we'll preview them all. We'll talk a little gambling on those bowl games. We'll have a great time. Alright, peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.